If you enjoy listening to this podcast, we ask you to consider supporting it by making a one-time or reoccurring donation. Visit Mayflower's website at www.mayflowerucc.org and click on the Donate tab in the menu. Donations made to Mayflower's Communications Fund are tax-deductible and help ensure that this podcast is available. Thank you for your support. The sermon you are about to hear was preached at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church in Oklahoma City by the Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie, senior minister at one of America's premier liberal Protestant pulpits. At Mayflower, we are an open and affirming peace and justice church where we believe religion should be biblically responsible, intellectually honest, emotionally satisfying, and socially significant. We go now to the pulpit of Mayflower Congregational UCC Church of Oklahoma City and to the preaching and teaching of Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie. Good morning. Welcome from Mayflower Congregational United Church of Christ where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. Will you bow your heads with me? It appears that he didn't check his Bible before he made the proclamation, Holy One. Last week, Governor Stitt declared November to be family month, and that real family is a married father and mother with children. Who's going to tell him what Jesus had to say about family? The part when he asked, who is my brother and who is my mother? And then pointed to a ragtag bunch of disciples who did not birth him or raise him and said, here are my mother and my brothers for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. The truth is, Holy One, we're confused. He says he wants Oklahoma to be the most pro-family state in the country but then is actively working to eliminate revenue that funds critical support services. He says families working together are lifting themselves out of poverty, but is against couples marrying unless they are straight. He says the strength and security of a healthy home life provides confidence and encouragement to all members of a household, but supports those who actively discriminate against queer households fostering and adopting children. What? is happening, but per usual, this is not really about Governor Stitt, Holy One. It's about us and our commitment to being family to each other. Our sacred stories teach us that we are our siblings keeper after all. So may Family Month be the beginning of a serious commitment to advocate for real pro-family policies and laws, paid family leave, affordable childcare, accessible healthcare, meaningful parental leave, living wages, responsible work hours, remote work options, fully funded social services, and strong public schools. Be with us as we cultivate loving and brave families, born and chosen, 
However they look, no matter the paperwork that has or hasn't been signed, and regardless of economic status or beliefs, we pray in the name of Jesus, who was as single and child-free as the day is long, but still managed to make us all family. Amen. Our reading this morning comes from Proverbs chapter 27, verse 2. Let another praise you, and not your own mouth, a stranger, and not your own lips. Here ends the reading from our tradition. May God grant to us wisdom and courage for interpretation. It is our tradition at Mayflower Congregational United Church of Christ to lift up the lives of Mayflower members who died during the last 12 months on this day, All Saints Sunday, to remember them not as perfect people, but as saints, those who have done the work of God by living faithfully. As I remember their life and ministry among us, a member of our care team will come forward and light a candle in their honor. After the final candle is lit for Friends of Mayflower, all of us will have the opportunity to light candles for the other saints in our lives who are no longer physically with us, acknowledging that this is complicated, or as Barbara Brown Taylor wrote, there are heroes and scoundrels at the party, beloved aunts and estranged cousins, relatives we adore and those who plainly baffle us. But by lighting a candle, we trust that this means that one day someone will light a candle for us too as we become part of the great cloud of witnesses. We light the first candle for Sue Trey Conrad. When we memorialized Sue, the sanctuary was covered, quite literally, balcony to pulpit in the quilts that she made. They were comforting and precise and engaging, just like her. The woman who so many called Pastor Sue earned her beautician's license before she finished high school, and this independence and self-sufficiency was a thread that ran through her entire life. She picked Buena Vista University for college, and her parents put her on a bus with 40 bucks and a suitcase and said, enjoy your life. And although the road had some twists and turns, Sue took them seriously. Sue cared deeply for the Presbyterian Church and used her gifts and graces to make the wider church and the individual congregations she served more faithful. Because her beloved David was part of the itinerant system of the United Methodist Church, Sue did what it took to become more flexible in her own ministry, completing the PCUSA's transitional ministry training. The work of interim ministry is not for the faint of heart. More often than not, interim ministers like Sue are there to stop the bleeding, clean out the wound, and bandage things up so that healing can begin. It often involves saying hard things to church people who are used to doing what they want, when they want. Sue was tough enough for the work, and as David said, she didn't take crap from anybody, but she did it without being mean. 
The most prominent block in the quilt of Sue's life, though, was her family. And these are the patches that she tended to most tenderly and that were the most precious to her. She was mother to Matthew and Daniel, Mama Sue to Christy and Julie, and Grandma to a whole gaggle of grandkids. We love you, Sue. We miss you, and we'll see you soon. We light the next candle for Neil Stanfield, debate captain, OU yearbook editor, veteran, businessman, father, grandfather, gentleman, and loving husband of Barbara. He was adamant that he did not want a memorial service. And we sort of let him have the last word on that, but only because we know that to best celebrate his life, we will listen to Nat King Cole with a glass of cheap Chardonnay and an Oreo cookie, although not necessarily together. Our dear Neil would also want me to remind you to consider doing the following in no particular order. Rescue a cat, donate your body to science, and give to the Oklahoma Humane Society. Neil, your spot will always be in the front on the lectern side of the sanctuary. We love you. We miss you. We'll see you soon. We light the next candle for Lee Graham, who in our mind's eye is still in the choir loft, sitting on the far right edge behind the pulpit. We hear his deep, rich voice even now. After retiring, Lee served as recording sec secretary for, of his own local and recording secretary for the Central Oklahoma Labor Federation, as well as working for Safeway and as a legislative proofreader not satisfied that he was busy enough, he also served on the Teacher Scholarship Committee and the Metropolitan Library Commission. Lee, what we wouldn't do to hear your raging liberal take on politics and current events. You were good and decent and a great conversationalist and someone who cared deeply about making this world a more just and loving place and you would have been so delighted about the particular sports event that happened yesterday. God doesn't care about sports, but Lee did. At the end of Lee's memorial, we did what would have pleased him most. We threw our heads back and fully committed to singing Solidarity forever for the union makes us strong. We love you, Lee. We miss you. We'll see you soon. We light the next candle for Robert Boone. The Big Lebowski was Robert's favorite movie, which if you didn't know, you do now. It's a very quotable movie, and some of those, those quotes seem very relevant to use at a funeral, like Maud Lebowski's line, he's a good man and thorough, or Walter's line, Donnie was a good bowler and a good man. 
But the most oft-quoted line of that movie comes at the end when the dude bumps into the film's well-spoken narrator, identified only as the stranger, drinking at the bar in the bowling alley. They briefly exchange pleasantries and the stranger asks how the tournament is going. Before the dude takes his order back over to Walter, the stranger tells him, take it easy, dude. I know that you will. And the dude simply replies, yeah, well, the dude abides. This three-word phrase, the dude abides, has been pasted on the front of more t-shirts quoted in more dorm rooms than the Cohen brothers could have ever anticipated. The dude abides. And some preachers might be tempted to use this as a pivot to explain how the dude abides is an obscure reference to a passage from Ecclesiastes. It is not the worst way to work scripture into a eulogy. But the thing is, a traditional religious message isn't what Robert would want us to leave with. He would, however, want us to know that in this life, you get some strikes and you get some gutters. This just is the way it is, so you have to roll with it. As we honor the life of Robert Boone, we see a man who built a life for over 50 years with his beloved Paula and of his doing his best to being Nathan and Brian's dad. We see a man who weathered a 30 plus year career working for the Oklahoman, a company that he had his disagreements with in an industry that arguably changed more than any other in his lifetime. We see a man who had friendships that spanned over two decades that were filled with playing cards and bowling and road trips and boating. And this kind of life, by definition, is what it means to abide, to bear patiently, to endure without yielding, to remain stable, to continue. In life, Robert got some strikes, and some gutters, and through it all, he did abide. We love you, Robert. We miss you. We'll see you soon. We light the next candle for our friends of Mayflower Church, those who are part of the fabric of this congregation and have been our friends and comforters and thorns in our side in all kinds of ways. Bless you, friends of Mayflower, for your heart and service and love. We won't let you down. In one of his final public appearances, Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers to most of us, gave the commencement address at his alma mater, Dartmouth College. At the conclusion, he said to the graduates, Anyone who has ever been able to sustain good work has had at least one person, and often many, who have believed in them. We just don't get to be competent humans without a lot of different investments from others. I'd like to give you all an invisible gift, a gift of a silent minute to think about those who have helped you become who you are today. Some of them we have said to, you have said goodbye to a long time ago. Some may be far away, but wherever they are, 
If they've loved you and encouraged you and wanted what was best in life for you, they're right inside yourself. And I feel that you deserve quiet time on this special occasion to devote some thought to them. So let's just take a minute in honor of those who have cared about us all along the way. One silent minute. Gracious God, as we remember our saints, we rest in the sure and certain hope that you had our beloveds before we let them go, knowing you have received again what was merely on loan to us. Thank you, Holy One, for the bond of love which abides in us, lifts us up, and makes us whole. Be with us as we move forward carrying our grief and gratitude with us, trusting that death does not have the last word. Love does. We pray in the name of love itself. Amen. You've been listening to the preaching and teaching of Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie, Senior Minister at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church in Oklahoma City. More information about the church can be found at www.mayflowerucc.org or by visiting Mayflower's Facebook page. Worship services are every Sunday at 10 a.m. with Sunday school classes for all ages at 9 a.m. Mayflower is located on Northwest 63rd Street in Oklahoma City, one block west of Portland. Thank you for listening.